Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, William Lou. First off, big shouts to JR Manitad producing live on location. Typically, I would have my microphone set up, but uh, for some reason it wasn't working, so I had to run downstairs. So big shouts to JR, big shouts to Austin Mackey for getting this thing set up as, uh, yeah, this is an exciting game. Raptors win 135 to 128 against the Atlanta Hawks, who, you know, um, also badly need a win. And, you know, these two teams are kind of underperforming in the Eastern Conference. Both teams have that ambition of being not just a play-in team, but even in a top six kind of scenario. And, you know, you could see some of the issues why with Atlanta. Like, they are just not a very strong defensive team. Um, and that allowed the Raptors to rack up 135. But at the same time, the Raptors have not typically shot the three to this degree. I mean, the Raptors hit 18 threes tonight, shot 58% from the field. The starting five, just the starting five alone, combined for 114 points. You know, and it's just it's hard to, to lose a game like that. Of course, it was competitive throughout. You know, the Hawks took the lead at certain times. The Raptors had control of it much of the second half. Uh, fourth quarter was close. The Raptors were able to push ahead. Both teams using different tactics. You could definitely tell both coaches really, really wanted to get this one. And, of course, uh, the strange here, the circumstance here being that uh, the Raptors will play the Hawks on a rematch right here in Toronto on Friday. So I expect even more adjustments from both sides. But, yeah, from the Raptors' perspective, I, I think, you know, you saw really good things. You saw the fact that the Raptors were able to hit threes and what difference that makes for this team. Uh, the leading man for that is Pascal Siakam. I know that's been a real big surprise uh, to hear that for from a game like this because Pascal obviously has been struggling. Well, he went five of six from three and led the Raptors for 33 points. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you watch him warm up and you're like, you know what, he's he's actually making them. He's in a good rhythm, but you wonder if that's going to translate over into the game because he's been shooting quite low for a while there. He was hitting even less than 10% from three for a while, but Obviously, you know, you got to understand that, you know, his averages will probably come back to where it was. And he's never been a high volume, high percentage three point shooter, but he's been league average and clearly he's been a below league average. But yeah, today making five threes, that really, really helped so much of uh, what the Raptors needed to do in terms of spacing out against a team in the Hawks that, you know, they were probably prepared to guard Pascal in the paint. Um, you know, they definitely were quite loaded up in the paint a lot of the times playing their two centers together collectively with Anyaka Okongwu playing 30 minutes tonight, Clint Capella playing 34, a lot of minutes of them playing two centers uh, and that kind of was the idea was to protect the paint against what Pascal should do against them in the paint, against what Scotty Barnes should do in the paint, against the, the roll um, from Jakob Pertl with the little bounce passes from Dennis. You know, the Raptors, you know, did score on those, but I think the Hawks actually did a decent-ish job protecting the paint. The the difference here being that the Raptors actually, you know, broke the trend and, and knocked down a whole bunch of threes, and, and that obviously that helps. But I also think that you know I got to give Dennis, uh, I got to give Darko a lot of credit here because obviously there's been a lot of discussion around Darko. I think that uh, you know a couple of these games, one or two adjustments here or there, one or two better drawn-up plays here or there, uh, changing the lineup here or there, that that could have flipped a lot of these games recently. But you actually saw some of those adjustments here tonight. And I'll credit Darko because first half, the Raptors did not have their best on-ball defender, that being Dennis Schroeder, uh, up against 
Trey Young. Like that should be like the clear matchup. You know, um, you know. Obviously, if there are bigger wings or whatever, you would want bigger players. But in terms of quickness, in terms of guys who can break you down, Trey Young obviously is that huge threat. And you needed Dennis to be on the floor against him as much as possible. Now, what the Hawks do is they take Trey out of the game earlier in the position. You know, it's very similar to what the Raptors do with with Scotty Barnes. They take. Uh, Scotty out early in the first quarter. Same kind of deal here for Atlanta. They take Trey Young out first. And, you know, first half, it was a lot of Malachi, you know, coming in off the bench, you know, matched up against Trey. And Trey was able to really get going. He knocked down a whole bunch of ridiculous pull up threes. Obviously, that's in his repertoire. And then you saw the adjustment for the second half. What the Raptors have been doing is they've been taking Scotty out first or you know and, and they've been putting Gary in and, and they've been keeping uh, Dennis in for the majority of the third quarter well this time around you know Darko did what he hasn't done all season he took Dennis out first at the same time as Trey Young left the game and then as soon as Trey Young came back into the game about three minutes later Dennis came back into the game and just having that matchup in particular uh, really did help to cover for yeah, really did help to cover for. Sorry about that. Um, the, uh, the 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 obviously ability of Trey Young to break down the defense, get into the lane. I mean, this is how comfortable Trey Young was in the first half. At one point, Trey was going one on one against Scotty Barnes, and he literally put the ball between Scotty's legs, um, dribbling towards the corner in an attempt to get a highlight off. That's how comfortable Trey Young was in the first half. So you compare that to the second half where the Raptors, especially down the stretch, got a number of stops, including Jakob Pertl with two massive, massive blocks against Trey, who was able to get downhill, but the help was there. Two blocks to spark the Raptors out in the break. One time it was to get, uh, I believe, Gary for three, and the next time down it was for Scotty to finish a reverse layup and one, uh, forcing a timeout out of the Hawks. Like, the Raptors' story of the game was they did a better job of controlling Trey Young. And, of course, the, the, the three-point shooting is, is something you need to have in a game like this. Obviously, Atlanta, them making 18 threes doesn't feel as unnatural just because of the fact that they have that kind of weapons on their side. But still, a lot of that came late, too, and, and the Raptors uh, were able to hold on to, to secure the win. So I'll give, I'll give Darko that credit for sure. That is a, a, an adjustment that needed to be made and that he made it uh, coming out of that halftime. Uh, hopefully, you'll see that just from the start of the game to uh, on Friday when they match up once again because of the fact that you know you need to make sure your best defenders on the biggest opponents on the other f uh, side of things. I mean, offensively, the story of the game was just um, how the Raptors were able to share the ball. I mean, the fact that the Raptors finished with 39 assists, yes, it really helps when you make threes, but the ball movement tonight was really good, and I thought the Raptors did a great job of finding the weak spots. You know, um, against Atlanta. You, you can definitely go at a lot of these guards, a lot of these um, smaller players that they're constantly playing on the floor. And, yes, there is help. The, you know, Clint Capella blocked a couple of shots, there's no doubt. Um, but they don't have those big wing defenders either. And so, you know, you could definitely see how in a game like this, a guy like OG could go 10 of 13 from the field and cut back door and, and you know, run those little high-low actions. I mean, that's a lot of Jakob's assists tonight. Jakob had six assists. Tonight, a lot of those were the high-low passes where, you know, uh, Dennis would set an off-ball screen and, and get a smaller guard. 
uh, switched onto guys like OG, guys like Pascal, guys like uh, Scotty, and, and for them to score. There was a play in the fourth quarter where Dennis set that off-ball screen, and that got Trey Young on OG. OG cut back door, and the Raptors threw the high-low pass. And even though the Hawks sent a double team, they sent a second defender at OG. It was Trey as the initial defender, and then DeJounte Murray coming over. Like, both guys are smaller than OG. OG was still able to finish and score over the top of both those guys. Kind of the same deal with Scotty as well. You know, there's a pivotal play there where, you know, the Hawks uh, made one or two buckets there late in the game, and the Raptors needed to, to get a score. Uh, and what did the Raptors come out with? And what the Raptors did come out with was, you know, they ran a pick and roll. Uh, this is with the starting five on the floor, but they didn't bring over, uh, you know, Jakob, who's typically the screener in these pick and rolls. They brought over Scotty, uh, got the switch, because the Hawks were switching at that moment, got the switch on Dennis's man being Trey Young onto Scotty. Scotty got the ball, sealed Trey, even though he caught it at the three point line. Uh, he was still able to back down, back down, get to a spot, and the help came late, and he was able to score a little jump hook. When the Raptors really needed that offense, they could always punish uh, the Hawks' smaller guards. And, of course, it, it helps tremendously that they could hit these threes. It helps tremendously that the Hawks knocked down back-to-back -back threes and they had a little bit of momentum left in, in the fourth quarter, maybe to threaten to come back. And we've seen them make some comebacks against the Raptors. Just, just watch the games last year. But then you have Scotty confidently taking a three on the wing to cut it or to, to cut into that, uh, you know, run and to push the lead back to eight where it's much more comfortable. You know, it, it helps tremendously that Pascal was knocking out all these threes. I mean, I, I like that even in a game where he was hot, he was still in control. He was still in, you know, in, in the flow of like knowing what his priorities were. Yes, you know, he knocked down five of six from three and a lot of players who make five threes will probably keep shooting. But he still kept that priority. He knew what the advantages were. When he got those switches on a Clint Capella, you know, he was able to take him off the dribble and go around him and get to the basket. Capella is a big player. He's a guy who can block a shot. But, you know, Pascal, knowing that he has quickness and also quite a bit of length himself, was able to get to the basket, set up other guys as well. You know, Dennis, I thought, you know, he played well. Um, just setting all the, the table for everybody. Uh, you know, I thought he did a great job of covering Trey in the moments that he was on Trey. The only thing that really went against him was just how active the whistle was uh, in the fourth quarter in favor of Atlanta. Any sort of marginal contact was being ruled a foul, and I think it definitely frustrated Dennis. Uh, you know, Scott Foster crew, so make of that what you will. Also, I think he had a black eye. There was clear, there was like a bruise under his left eye, so uh, I was very confused as to why a referee would have a black eye. But in, in any case, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's it, it gets super annoying, of course, if, if the Hawks get to the foul line that much. But ultimately, when you look at it, they got to the foul line 19 times, and the Raptors got there for 24. Interesting part of that is that the Hawks also went to hack a yak in the last three minutes there. Uh, Quinn Snyder deciding to try to create extra possessions, and so they took two intentional fouls against Jakob Pertl to send him to the foul line. And Jak, to his credit, went out to the free throw line and made both. And when you make both, that kind of cuts off the strategy right there. Um, and obviously, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad idea to, to intentionally foul a guy who's shooting, I believe, less than 50% on free throws. But, you know, as, as, as with all things, it matters when you make them as well. And, and, and Jakob, in addition to having just a nice all-around game, was able to, you know, hit five of eight from the foul line, but including some of those at the end there. Jakob's two blocks, I think those two were just absolutely massive. I mean, in a game like this where um, you have the lead, but you're protecting it towards the end, like, you don't feel entirely comfortable. Like, the fact that, you know, the 
the, the Hawks were able to knock down a three right there and, and, and cut the lead to six with one minute, 14 left, even though the Raptors had a 12-point lead with a, about a minute and a half left. But Sadiq Bey crashes in for uh, a putback, tip in, and one. And then right afterwards, the Raptors turn the ball over. Scotty Barnes gets pressed uh, on a full-court press and throws the ball away on, on the inbound. Immediately, nobody's picking up, and somehow the Hawks get a wide-open three. You know, like that six points in like 20 seconds that makes you feel really nervous that they had that kind of firepower but still the Raptors execution coming out of those timeouts was great and um you know the second unit was was fine i, I think it was the, the 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 key word there was fine like it, it wasn't like they were doing that much um you know but also i think darko did a decent job of limiting his rotation that i only played nine guys um and didn't overplay guys who weren't really contributing all that much you know um Malachi played 17 minutes, couldn't knock down the open shots, but I thought he did a decent job of setting guys up. Eight assists tonight for him is a nice number. That might be a season high for him. Gary, even though he missed, this first shift for Gary Trent was, was truly, truly disappointing. I mean, the Raptors really needed something off the bench because of the fact that the Hawks are bringing decent play. Like, Okongwu comes in off the bench, and he knocks down three corner threes uh, for 13 points. Bogdanovich comes off the bench and scores 20 points on 7 of 13 shooting. He's a really, really good player. Would love to have the, him on the Raptors, for example. So you need something to counteract and counterbalance that, and you obviously needed that from Gary. Well, the first shift that Gary came in took, like, four shots. They were all – two of them were pretty bad. Two of them were relatively in rhythm. Ultimately, none of them went in, and Darko, you know, limited his minutes in the first half. But he trusted him to play him in the second half, and he caught a little bit of fire. He got, uh, you know, three threes, I believe, in the second half. They were all pretty, really necessary. And, and you just needed a little bit of extra scoring. You need that a little bit of extra defense from a guy like Precious Ochoa, who I thought played really well within himself tonight. You know, I thought he did a good job of just playing in his role. Two possessions there where in, in the second half, the Hawks intentionally went at Precious Achua to get the switch with Precious guarding Trey. And both times you feel a little nervous because obviously Trey Young against a big is, is typically a mismatch, but credit Precious Achua. He actually stuck with Trey both times. One time he forced a miss, and the next time Trey had to go behind his back, lost his dribble, and I think OG ended up with the steal. But the point is that they were tracked the whole entire way by Precious. So I think there were other guys who contributed to this to this win, but of course the starters playing as well as they did was uh, – was absolutely massive. And, um, you know, I, I do wonder how the rematch is going to go. Um, I think Atlanta, they're more likely to replicate their offensive performance than the Raptors are, just in pace on the shooting. Let's be honest. If you told me the Raptors hit as many threes as Atlanta, I'm definitely picking the Raptors to win because you know the Raptors can score better around the basket. But, you know, this is a team that's that's pretty dangerous. Um, I, I didn't think, for example, the Hawks got enough out of DeJounte Murray. I didn't feel like he didn't have the ball enough. Uh, he, he was largely on an off-ball role because of Trey. Obviously, there's a big balance to be found there. When you give Trey a guy like <laughs> – he had 27 shots and 17 assists, you know, for 35 points. Like, when one guy has the ball that much, it's obviously going to be a little bit harder for other guys to be able to capitalize. But still, um, you know, the, there is the possibility of him repeating a performance like this. The Raptors have kind of consistently struggled to sort of contain him. Uh, over the years, I do think that though Dennis's quickness and his length is is good. It's 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 at least enough to sort of force him into tougher areas. If you had to give Trey any shot, it probably would be the runner, which he is quite good at. 
But you even saw here today, you know, Jakob with those two blocks, both on Trey Young runners where he was run off the three-point line. The Raptors stayed largely at home on the shooters. He had to get downhill, get his own shot, and that's where Jakob was able to block and keep it in bounds, and the Raptors were able to break. So, you know, that that's that's good. But, I mean, mostly I'm just looking forward to the bench getting a better performance than this. I, I, I know that there's... There's, there was good things that they ultimately ended up doing, but, you know, I, I wish that they did it for the full time that they were in because at the start, at the start when the benches came in, the Hawks bench was definitely outplaying Toronto's bench. So um, there's certainly things to clean up on that front. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the overall larger conversation about Pascal, Scotty, and OG, I don't think it should be overlooked that these three guys have had back-to-back games now where all of them have had 20-plus. Um, you know, it was the same thing against uh, the the Knicks and, and whatever. These two games, the Raptors have been scoring really well. I think they scored about 130 against the Knicks. And now they got 135. So, of course, when you increase overall volume scoring, your top players are going to look better. But I also think that this is a kind of a blueprint of what they need to do. I mean, number one, the, it, it tr- helps tremendously that they all shot the three well. OG was 2 of 5. Pascal 5 of 6, and Scotty was 3 of 4. We know, obviously, that's not going to happen most nights. But when it does happen, it does give you the idea of, okay, that's how it could look. Now, of course, I don't need them to collectively shoot 75% or whatever they shot tonight. But, you know, it, it, it helps. It reminds me a lot of the win that the Raptors had against Milwaukee early in the season where um, they also combined for a bunch of threes. Like, you know, they, they definitely need for these guys to just be able to space out. I mean, there's so many opportunities for guys where, you know, they're left open. And you even saw OG turning down some threes tonight. You even saw Pascal turning down some threes tonight. I think Scotty's done a really good job of being aggressive and, and shooting, you know, without hesitation. He sees the right reads there. I, I think defense was actually pl- uh, pressed up a little bit higher on him today than I would say most games that allowed Scotty to get downhill. And, and those are all good things. But ultimately, they also set the ball up for each other really well. You know, I thought Pascal consistently touching the paint. Scotty consistently touching the paint. And OG Loki has been driving closeouts better, and he's been able to finish those. Um, it's also a nice option to be able to sort to, to, to of run these little high-low actions. If, if, if Atlanta were to seriously, like, make some adjustments and to take practice really seriously, I think they should definitely look to see what they can do on those plays where you see it quite often. Dennis will get off the ball because he'll, he'll input it to Yak in the post, and then he'll go set an off-ball screen for OG, for uh, Pascal, for Scotty to use. I mean, th- most teams give up, like, maybe one or two layups off of that, but, like, typically speaking, they'll find ways to adjust. They'll go under or they'll avoid those screens, all that kind of things, um, mostly because the Raptors aren't too big of a threat to when, when they lift up to, to catch and shoot fire right away, so there's typically enough time to go under and then still close out. But still... Um, you know, that's that's something where we could say that that's an adjustment, but it's not like Trey or DeJounte is going to magically grow or Bojan's gonna, uh, or Bogdan's going to magically grow either. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Raptors attack them um, in those actions more and more. But ultimately, just, just a nice win for the Raptors who desperately needed this one. Changes the conversation at least a little bit. And I, I just... I just find it impressive, the fact that, you know, they were able to make 39 assists. Like, that's 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 a really, really high number. And I know the Raptors had, like, a 44 assist game, I think, against the, the Pistons earlier this year. They were, I think they topped 40 once. But, um, yeah, it, it's good to see when 
when it all comes together like this, it does look quite nice. And and I think the Raptors defensively could do a little bit better. Again, I, I think that, you know, I gave the, the, uh, Darko the credit for, for switching his rotations and matching Schroeder's minutes with uh, Trey for the second half. Do it for the whole game now, for both halves. Like, I think that the offense can sustain itself, especially with um, the mismatches that uh, the Hawks will present to the Raptors. You can always have one of Scotty or Pascal in the game and play through them and, and use their size. Um, you can even play some pick and roll if you need to. Um, you saw, for example, Malachi getting the pick and roll to to Jakob. Uh, you know, so that's that's rare. You don't see that combination on the floor all that much. I mean, they don't usually play together, but at the same time, you also saw them combine a little bit. That's an option as well. Because, look, if you're going to change your rotation significantly, you're going to have to change what you do offensively, obviously, to keep that thing going. But against a weaker team like Atlanta, I think you can do that and still create a decent offense. But, of course, you never know, though. You just never know. You don't know if the Raptors will hit 18 threes on, with any sort of consistency. So, um, it's a nice win to, to wrap up your three stars from tonight's performance. Um, a lot of places you can go with this, honestly. It's, it's actually a little bit difficult to look at this, but I'll give the first star to Pascal. 33 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 12 of 19 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, 4 of 7 from the foul line. It's, it's odd because he definitely shot the 3 so well um, in warm-ups. That continued over into uh, the game itself, but you, you do wish the free throws were more consistent. He split a whole bunch of those, but ultimately I thought he played really well, um, You know, did a great job. We saw some Pascal and four bench players tonight as well from Darko. So again, that's 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 partially a function of having to change some of the rotations. Also partially a function of OG picking up two early fouls and Scotty picking up some foul trouble as well throughout this quarter course of this game. But ultimately Pascal is able to step in and, and lead the group and, and of course if he could shoot the three like that with just a little more, more regularity, it would help the offense just a ton. Because I, I'm wondering, for example, how Atlanta adjusts to that coming out of the game uh, when they play again on Friday. Your second star is going to go to Scotty Barnes. Super efficient game, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, 11 of 14 shooting from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Um, what I liked from Scotty's game tonight was just how he set the tone to start the game. Scotty was the one initiating all the action. He was coming over to, to close out. Uh, uh, Scotty does this thing, too, where he kind of yells at a closeout. Like, he'll run towards a guy, and if he can't make up the gap, he'll just, like, yell at the guy as well. I mean, whatever. I, I don't know if it actually does anything, but most, I, I think, to me, it shows the engagement, the want to. And I thought he started the Raptors off with great energy, and especially for a team that has really struggled with slow starts. Whoever gets them off to a good start is going to give me um, or just give every fan, like, a, a good feeling because, again, you just worry about this team each time they take on the court. Like, what are they going to do tonight? And then your third star, I think OG has a case for this. I think he certainly played well, but I'm going to give it to Jakob Pertl. 15 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks, and there's the 2 blocks in the fourth quarter back-to-back -back against Trey to spark those fast breaks. That was the turning point of this game. That's what really got the Raptors going. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was the first block on Trey got OG a dunk. Uh, I think that was Clint Capella trying to take a charge, and OG just you know dunked it right over him. I'm sorry, if you're seven footer, try to block that shot. Don't try to take no charge. Uh, and then you know the next time down, Yak block on Trey again, and then the Raptors reverse the ball around eventually to Scotty who attacks baseline and finishes with an acrobatic and one layup. Beautiful, beautiful stuff, and that got the Raptors that edge and that got the building to be loud and alive because it was rather quiet I thought for most of the game that brought the energy and that got them over the edge so Jakob you're getting the third star you're Gerald Henderson award winner honestly 
It's probably going to go to Okongwu. I just wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with his corner threes. Like, he was at 1.33 from the corners and was confidently taking them. I and, mean, of course, the Raptors were leaving them open. That's the game plan. But, yeah, I mean, wow, 13 points, 8 rebounds. Those three threes were all kind of killer. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was pretty good. But also, at the same time, the Hawks kind of were who we thought they were. Like, Trey was a huge threat. Murray was quietly a big threat. Bogdanovich was a great threat. But, you know, ultimately, it's Clint Capella for putbacks and Sadiq Bey kind of running in for putbacks. Wes Matthews playing 14 minutes starting. I mean, that's that's a bit of a surprise. But ultimately, you know, I think Okongwu was this was the guy who came off the bench and uh, gave them something. And it was it was interesting to see them go to two center lineups. I wonder what the Raptors can do against that. Hawks also did a lot of zone as well. So for Toronto to prepare for on Friday is they got to prepare to play better offense against the zone. The Raptors got good scores, but not great process. It took them a really long time to get into the middle of the paint. But ultimately, those are things that they can work on on practice tomorrow. But ultimately, they snapped their four-game losing streak. They're one-third of the way to a free Darko dinner. And, um, yeah, things things feel good. Things feel right. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, big shouts to the production crew here, J.R. Manitad, hovering over me, making this thing happen on the fly. I know I'm delaying his night because my microphone broke or something, but I appreciate uh, him. I appreciate Austin Mackey back at uh, the studios. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you after the rematch Friday.